And welcome again to the good trash genre cast. We that have... intro is real fucking hip hop. Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, makes me so happy. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I was so happy every time I hear it. Yeah. You did good. You did good, Arthur. Arthur did really well. We are proud of you. Anyway, hi. Hey, um, we're still at the uh, good trash genre cast where we gather around a square round table and discuss the films that you will never discuss in the film studies course, but we use film studies types analysis anyway because we like to stick it to the man. What? Does one have anything to do with the other? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, good. Um, and so, uh, we are going to be looking at a film this week called Wolf Pop, a uh, animated feature in which a wolf private detective um, works to solve crimes in Siberia. Hashtag would also watch. Would also watch. Um, so, uh, at, we will be avoiding spoilers. This is not a review show, dear listener. This is an analysis show. Um, our first few moments will um, be spoiler-free. But before we get into any of that, we need to identify... Spoiler alert. It's about a werewolf that's a cop. Yeah, by the way. Just like RoboCop's about a robot that's a cop. Correct. You get get the idea. Teen Wolf, teenager that's a wolf. You get the idea. TV Tropes, exactly what it is on the tin. I mean, that's precisely what we've got here this week. Uh, Let's go ahead and identify those um, who are around the table. Arthur, creator of the awesome, awesome introduction, if you would, sir. Well, I am Arthur, uh, but you can just call me the fuzz. (laughs) <laughs> very good accurate statement thank you very much across the table if you would ma'am my name's alexander bohannon and hey do you have any books on devil worship <laughs> i have a whole lot li- raise a cult i have a whole library thank you very much for that uh to my right sir if you would my name is dalton stewart and arthur you were also drunk so i knew it was you there you go that is one way to know uh, my name is dustin sells and dalton i think you're um, eating too much asparagus <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh there were so many so many pee peeing moments this movie. well there were two specific, this, yeah this fucking movie two more than most movies that's correct yeah <laughs> that is correct uh, we'll get into that so um before again we get into spoiler territory we're gonna have a synopsis from the voice of cinema and then our quick thumbs up thumb down reviews so if you would Mr. Arthur Gordon, voice of the cinema, um, delight us with your dulcet tones. As a series of strange and violent events begin to occur, an alcoholic policeman realizes that he has been turned into a werewolf as part of a larger plan. Well, that's um, very vague. Yeah. Um, Netflix's Netflix's description said things about shapeshifters, which is kind of cool, but... 
Sorry. I don't, IMDb does this, so write them. I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. We're well, just, I guess people fans submit to IMDb. We're just describing what we're hearing. I don't know all. who submits to IMDb. I'm going to submit to IMDb. <laughs> I'm, I was about to say, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's users. So, yeah, you can do that. Thank you, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Let's move quickly now into those very, very brief thumbs up, thumbs down reviews of Wolf Cop. I ask you first, Mix Alexandra Bohannon, what say you? Well, I am doing a self-imposed thing that I hope that my my co-host might join me in. I'm going to play 10-word review, and if you count along, uh, listener, this is exactly 10 words. So, 10-wolf review. Werewolves make killer cops. Special effects can be good slash bad. That was 10 words exactly. Yes, and that's how I feel about this movie. I think it's an accurate review. Thank you very much for that, Miss Alexander Bohannon. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what say you? Wolfmobile, yes, 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 yes. Yes! 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 I know what you're thinking, and I approve. Well played. Uh, to my right, sir, if you would, what do you say, Dalton Stewart? Uh, I don't do self-imposed restrictions. That's not what I'm about. I'm not about that life. What I will do is a stream of consciousness review. Uh, Dustin does these sometimes, so I'm just going to try and recreate my thought process uh, as I was watching Wolf Cop. Okay. Wow, this movie's Canadian. Oh, boobs already. That was quick. And no Wolf Cop, no Wolf Cop, no Wolf Cop. Where's the damn Wolf Cop I was promised? Holy shit, he's a Wolf Cop! Oh no, not his dick! Oh, that was awful! Oh, that part where his facial hair grew back was really cool. Man, lo-fi effects are fucking killer. I'm kind of bored. Is this almost over? Oh shit, it got cool again! And it's over. Also, Wolfmobile. Forever and a day. Also, Wolf Cop hip-hop song. Also, Wolf That Co- song was great. That's oh, killer. Also, Wolf Cop 2 coming 2015. I'm tired now going to bed. Yeah, it's so crazy. I, I Dustin... Hit it, hit it. What, what, are you gonna, what, do you, what do you get to say? Well, I, I don't, I'm going to be just very, very brief. I'm neither going to do ten words nor stream of consciousness, but I will say this. Uh, it was lots of fun. Uh, it was very, very silly. It knows exactly what it is. Um, the best part of the movie is the uh, a point at which he realizes he's a wolf cop. And yes. uh, then um, we have this sort of guttural understanding of one another where uh, the other character is basically saying, what's that, Lassie? Drug dealers are in the barn, and off they go. And uh, very, very fun. Yeah, I could have dealt with the whole movie uh, just being that middle sequence where they go buddy cop, Mm -hmm. and he makes wolf cop mobile, and you know he he kills the people in the uh, in the donut thing. Um, Yeah, that could have been the whole. You mean in liquor donuts? Liquor Liquor donuts. What could be better? Liquor donuts. Liquor donuts. I mean, you could use beer as leavening agent. So, liquor donuts. What could be better? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> the, at all. The best of both worlds had a baby. So, yes, like it very much, very much fun. So now, dear listener, you know our biases. They sound mostly pro, although we sort of have some quibbles. I think you can also pick up on that as well. But we will talk more about that in the part of the show that you're all here for in the first place, which is our analysis. I begin with you, Mr. Dalton Stewart. What analysis bring you? So something occurred to me while I was watching Wolf Cop. Um, Wolf Cop. Uh, that I, I hadn't really ever thought about before. We, we've talked about werewolves on this show before, and they're typically uh, kind of an allegory for uh, male sexual aggression. In adolescence. In adolescence. Getting uh, hairy and wanting girls. Yeah. I, I mean, typically that's it's, it's either a, an analog for puberty or an analog for sexual violence. Uh, here we get something much more interesting that I'd never thought of before. Uh, we are presented with Lou, who is an alcoholic, um, 
and it slapped me in the face that there are some really interesting similarities between um, the the idea of lycanthropy, lycanthropes, uh, and substance abuse. So follow this with me. Um, if you know a thing or two about a thing or two, uh, you know that people who abuse substances or abuse those around them typically operate in cycles. So there, there's a, a, a warming up period, a escalation, uh, either an act of violence or an act of relapse, uh, and then what is often referred to as a honeymoon phase, where it's like, oh, I'm never going to do that again, uh, I'm going to get better, and then we work back up to the next event. I am aware. Uh, so what we get in this, and, and again, the film doesn't really seem that interested with this, but I, I couldn't help but think about it because Lou is an alcoholic, and I kept thinking to myself, huh, cycles. That's interesting. So, uh, again, while I don't think the film is trying to say anything about this, because I honestly don't think it's trying to say anything at all, and that's fine. The movie knows what it's about. I, I think there is some really interesting parallels because, you know, when one drinks more than they should and allows it to consume their life, that's what happens. They drink too much, something gets fucked up, and they promise themselves they're never going to do that again. And then they start drinking again until something really bad happens, and eventually they either hit rock bottom or die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we get with Wolf Cop is him figuring out he's a wolf, and, and again, cycles. I mean, he's only a wolf two or three times in this movie, so we don't get really a whole lot of time to explore that idea. But it is interesting, and I think there's some really interesting parallels. And again, we spend so much time talking about, oh, well, werewolves are about puberty or sexual violence. Let's not bother to have any further conversations about it. And I think what Wolf Cop does is bring a new uh, lens through which to view the idea of werewolf mythology. Yeah, I mean, considering the fact that um, the act of sex in this film was instigated by the female, is totally consensual between the two of them, and then at the very... And totally silly. Uh, very, very silly. silly. Um, and then by the very end, you know, he feels like he's been had because, you know, the big reveal oh, of had. the identity. Well, haha, both ways, you know. Um, the identity where she's not who she says he, he, she was. So almost he's almost violated That's in true. that sense, which is a very interesting uh, turn it, on the werewolf it, myth. It turns out uh, the bad guys are the Illuminati. They're lizard people. Lizard people. They're shape-shifting lizard people. Um, Just like real life. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists everywhere have giant boners for this movie, I imagine. Anyway, there is a problem, though. I think Wolf Cop might be romanticizing alcoholism a tiny little bit. I mean, it, it does sort of have that unforgiven moment where he drinks the drink and then he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, booze is his superpower. Why is he stronger than the other ones? It's because he drinks. When he needs a Popeye, he takes a hit of booze. Whiskey is his spinach. Sir, I think you should know these growths on your forearms. They're giant tumors. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't realized this is not how a human being is supposed to look. And the speech thing and what you're doing with your eye? Uh, you had a stroke about seven years ago. That you've managed to be walking around all this time is nothing short of a miracle. I'd say about two months. Uh, and Lou, there, there is no, like... It definitely seems early in this film like Lou's whole arc is going to be like sobering up and becoming a better cop. No, he's going to drink more and become a better cop. He's going to yeah, be I a better cop I didn't call that through at all. pure booze houndery. 
I think this is probably a result of Wolf Cop's interest in being exactly what it wants to be and having no further um, interest in being anything other than that. Uh, I'm sure there might have been some conversations about, I mean, having Lou be an alcoholic is a very specific choice. Um, so other than it, it, it adding another level to his character, I'm not sure if any conversations were had outside of that uh, amongst the filmmakers. But I think it is very interesting. I don't know. Do, I mean, do, do you guys, Dustin, you kind of mentioned that you, you felt similarly that it does have that um, Popeye moment, honestly. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you think I'm on to something here? I think what so. Do you, do you I, have any I, thoughts? I mean, again, I, 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 it's because it's funny, I think. It's a punchline, you know, because clearly, you know, as in beer commercials, which are, you know, full of, you know, um, very, very shapely women and men, you know, doing athletic contests on a beach. Are you up for anything? And uh, Yes, Bud Light, except for your beer. And, but if you drink much Bud Light, you will um, not want to be scantily clad doing athletic events on a beer and, or on a beach. and Or on a beer. Or on a beer. Um, and it's just not good, right? Uh, and and so there is, I think it's tongue-in-cheek in that way. But um, absolutely, I mean, it is, you know, the booze does sort of what, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's, um, Marty's uh, marijuana in uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it's it's exactly same, it's, it's it's the same. It's the same thing. It's it's the unexpected like secret key to power to power yeah. in the situation. And it's not so much because it's good, it's just because it's unexpected. It's where it, it short circuits the the procedure. Yeah. Honestly, because it's funny, uh, hilarious, and that's what I think it is. I think it's it's tongue and cheekery accidentally causes it to not take alcoholism very seriously. Uh, and again, I mean that's not really. I mean, it is the fault of the film. I'm not saying that makes it any better or any worse than it already was. It is Wolf Cop. It is a movie about a werewolf cop. Um, considering the no budget they had, it's pretty astonishing the level yeah. of special effects they achieve. Um, it feels like they blew their wad in the first 20 minutes because the end of the movie looks really cheap. Really cheap. The fight scene at the end made all those me... Fla- re- all those CGI flash flares on the machine gun and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the the fight scene between uh, Lady Cop and Lady Shapeshifter mm-hmm. looks like shit. And then the fight scene between Wolf Cop and Sheriff looks like shit. Uh, and, and, you know, and again, that's these these are the things that happen when you don't have a lot of money. You've got to decide where you're going to put your money. And they put their money in amazing werewolf transformations. Yes. Um, they knew what they were about. They were about a werewolf cop. The problem with that is when you know what you're about, sometimes you get lazy with other things like screenwriting, and you say, wouldn't it be interesting if his alcoholism was a secret key to his power? And then you end up accidentally romanticizing being a booze hound, which is really not a great way to live your life, as it turns out. It's kind of hard, uh, and it kills you eventually. Yes, maybe you might also write a great novel, but you know Hemingway probably would have written that regardless of how much whiskey he drank. True. So, I don't know. That's what I think about it. Uh Again, I, I always like things that make me think of genre um, mainstays in a way I hadn't thought of them before. So the fact that Wolf Cop made me consider uh, werewolfism, lycanthropy, as a um, you know metaphor for addiction, really kind of interesting. Uh, n- much like Evil Dead uh, makes us the the remake makes us consider uh, demonic possession as an allegory for drug addiction. I, I love it when you know uh, a piece of genre fiction makes you rethink. Uh, things that you're used to in the genre and turns them on their head. I love that kind of stuff. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Stewart, for that analysis. Miss Alexandra Bohannon, what say you? Well, um, today I'm going to take a more um, uh, interesting route on analyzing this film, and what I have to say is essentially a tiny soapbox. Um, throughout this film, we see the struggles of small town... Ta- ta- throughout the t- film... We see the struggles of small town life and all the things that are associated with that. Um, you have 
a town that kind of reminds me of where I grew up, a very small rural community. It wasn't in Canada, but, you know, it, it could have been copy-pasted in the same type of way. You know, you have a really small police force, you have one stoplight, all of these things. And it it just struck me whenever we go to that first scene and we go inside the police station that they have a shit ton of empty desks, but then they only have three working police officers. That's really, really bad. Like having an understaffed police force like that is absolutely atrocious, considering the fact that we have only seen in this movie a grand total of four public employees that are one being the mayor and three being the police officers. And they're the ones that are kind of keeping the peace and keeping everyone straight in this laws. And then it turns out that two of those people are actually corrupt. Um, to me, that just speaks of the importance um, of not cutting funding to essential public agencies like the police. Because where where I went in this film, um, you know, I did enjoy the journey of Wolf Cop, the alcoholism and all that stuff. But all this time, I was just like, why do they have such an undermanned police force? Like, why can... I mean, Tina seems like bomb ass and it's cool female, like kicking ass, taking names. And, you know, he's a wolf cop, so he probably has the strength of five guys or whatever. But um, I I mean, they weren't like that. They were clearly understaffed. And I can only my only way I can make that make sense in my mind is that they just didn't have the money to hire more people. Yeah. And and that was a really sad reality. They go to the liquor store that was getting, uh, not the liquor store, the gas station that was getting robbed. And it's like, oh, there's other things happening on the other side of town, of course, like plot driving things. But, um, you know, none of them could be in two places at once. There's an interesting bit of art imitating life there where I imagine there's not many people in this movie because they could only afford to pay so many people. Uh, I, I mean, really, they, they have... like that town, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they've got... Two scenes with a lot of extras, and mostly it's just Lou and his awesome buddy who turns out to be a bad guy, which is a real bummer. That was a good, like, I didn't get that one. That was one. a fun twist. Totally I, did not see that I coming. I didn't see that one either. Uh, ditto for a hot bar, super hot bartender turning out to be the mayor. I, oh, yeah. Her turning to be in the mayor. I knew she was going to be evil, but I oh, thought yeah. that, no, yeah. She was definitely going to be evil from the get-go. Clearly a spider lady. Yeah. Oh, most death. Yeah, femme fatales. I was thinking about that the whole time. Right. But but anyway, I, I think there was something interesting to you you're reading about small towns not having resources, uh, especially when you, it's an independent film about a small town without any resources, when it was an independent film without very many resources. I mean, there's there's interesting stuff there. Yeah, I mean, it it's pretty cyclical. Obviously, they're in the in the context of the story, you know, we're going to assume that they have they have at least enough resources um to hire and so the fact that they haven't been able to hire these individuals to help protect the safety and peace of the town. Um, it's really troubling to me. And so um, what I'm going to leave with you, leave you with is the essentiality of having a robust human resource in, in your public agency, because there are going to be people that call upon you. And, and unfortunately for the state of Oklahoma that we're living in, we're facing a six, $611 million budget shortfall slashing essential services. I read a really sad report about um, all the things that uh, Department of Human Services, where Dalton works, um, all the kinds of reallocations of money to increase child protective services, but you have to like give up so many other things. I mean, of course, child protective services is very important, um, but at the same time, it's just like robbing Peter to pay Paul in some extent. Um, it, it's really, it's really troubling. And of course, whenever you don't prioritize 
budget to fulfill these requirements of protecting your your peace or protecting your children, um, things are going to go wrong. And it, it might just be because you have a bunch of shape-shifting lizards running the show. Um, uh, in the state of Oklahoma, that's a real possibility. I'm glad you said that because I was, I was thinking that. But anyway, my soapbox is you got to restore an essential funding to to existing resources. Otherwise, you're just going to end up with a bunch of lizard people running your town. And um, if you don't have wolf, wolf cop to defend you, you're toast. Excellent, excellent. I like that reading very, very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. And I do want to talk a little bit about the financing of the film. Um, you know, one aspect of film studies that we don't do a whole lot of on the show ordinarily is sort of just the uh, historical research of the artifact, of the art itself. And uh, the uh, the story uh, behind how this was put together is is really fascinating. Uh, there's a production company called Cineku, um, which is like Cine, like short for Cinema Coup, as in C-O-U-P, as in uh, Coup d'État. And uh, or coup de gras or whatever else. It's a French word. It means coup um, in French. I don't know what it means in English. Uh, Cine coup. What they did is a uh, social media um, sort of funding. It was a uh, basically a contest. Uh, if you had one hundred fifty dollars, it could make a two minute trailer. Uh, you could get in on the contest, and uh, it was a, in a, into a seventeen week program in which there were uh, these little uh, filming missions that you had to uh, do and do parts of your filming or parts of your screenwriting and whatnot. But the the bulk of the work of these uh, individuals who were putting together films, including the filmmakers of Wolf Cop, were um, were challenged to uh, get uh, social media motivation and build a fan base and get feedback at the upfront from the audiences about what they wanted, what they wanted to see, the kind of things that they were interested in. And uh, it was based on their ability to sort of get you know Twitter followers and uh, Facebook feedback and those sort of things that sort of began to whittle away some of the contestants. Um, and uh, as time went on, uh, they, they whittled down to, I think, 15 contestants. And uh, they were um, called upon to uh, come up with a very specific effect or um, a, a certain actor you know that they wanted to bring on for the show. And uh, they would... Um, uh, have that as a Kickstarter, you know, crowdfunding sort of thing, and their ability to get their um, their fan base to 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 give funds and give money and again give feedback to the project determine just how saleable um, the object of art that they were trying to make would be, and uh, and and then what ended up happening was there was a million dollars already sitting there. So unlike uh, typical indie filmmaking, where you spend all your time maybe thinking of the idea and then uh, just just struggling, struggling, struggling to get the money, and then hoping maybe once one gets the money that they can do something with the object and be able to get it seen, uh, the money was already there, and they were building the audience before the thing was even created, which is really really fascinating. Uh, the last of the top ten uh, received twenty five hundred dollars uh, to work towards uh, one last of, of their projects, and uh, of those, one is selected to get the million, which was Wolf Cop, and the other ones have twenty five hundred dollars and have a sellable object that they can move to other producers with. So, really, um, this is one of ten movies um, that is pretty much being produced at this time. And then, of course, that million dollars of funding included, uh, you know, the Canadian Film Council and other um, Canadian agencies and organizations, which is one of the great things about um, most of the other countries that we don't live in, uh, in which uh, we there's national funding for cinema and helping independent and uh, interesting ideas uh, to be made forward. Now, I would say this. Um, Wolf Cop is no beast of the southern wild. 
Um, it is no art film, but and that's sort of the goal that they have is to sort of uh, get uh, those kinds of films made, those kind of great films made, and being noticed in uh, the great country of Canada, as Dalton is loth to say. Um, but anyway, uh, coming back again to the, just how this is funded, and so you have a fan base, you have a group of people who want to see this film before it ever comes out uh, as a new idea, as a new project, as an original thing. It's not part of a franchise. It's not an adaptation of some sort of comic book character or something like that. Although Wolf Cop, the comic book, give it to me now, give it to me now. I want it so. Or Wolf Cop, the series, shut up and take my money. Yes, colon, shut up and take my money. Yes, or just action figures. Speaking of, uh, in case listener, you were. Uh, a huge fan of Wolf Cop, uh, and would like more, uh, you can go to Indiegogo.com right this second and contribute to uh, Wolf Cop 2, Electric Lou Guru. Um, is, it, is that really? No, it's a working. They're, they're, oh my they're God. kidding. That's not the official title yet. I was about to flip but, it But out. there's a joke about that on, on their Indiegogo campaign. That's so good. Just to, to um, you know, one, kind of fitting in with what you're talking about, how indie filmmaking works, and also, you know, let's give a nice shout-out to the nice people who made Wolf Cop, because it's a really funny movie. Well, what was really fascinating about me is this is absolutely not how indie filmmaking works. No, but, but that's I think, a, I think how it can work, yeah. I think it's a great idea. Oh, hell yeah, it's I, I would awesome. love to see, you know, producers be able to put together that kind of money and then really begin to kind of fund the creativity and be able to say, okay, this is something that's great. This is something that we want to see made. And that they can, you know, make those decisions based on the saleability of the product. I get that. And they can also make those decisions based on artistic use. You know, it's like, okay, yes, this has got high art intentions, and I, I would dare say there is some high art intention even in Wolf Cop. I mean, that special effects work is killer, and uh, so I'm I'm all behind you know, that sort of thing as well. And um, that way we, we see more of these kinds of films being made instead of, again, the glut of the next, you know, superhero mashup, whatever um, that's coming out next. So, um, anyway, I find that uh, whole history and economics of uh, the film to be very, very fascinating. And I thought I would um, share that with you, dear listeners. And uh, I think now we move on, though, and uh, we thank you, dear co-hosts, for that excellent analysis. And we come to the point in the show where we give a verdict, where we say shelf or trash, else or instead. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what do you say? Shelf or trash, else or instead? I don't think I can justify buying this, but you definitely watch it. Uh, watch it with friends and horror enthusiasts and groups of people who are wanting to have fun uh, because it's, it's, it's a good time to be had. It, it's, it's goofy and silly, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I would give it 19 liquor donut combos out of 24. Outstanding. And uh, I would say that you check this out with your next and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Good picks. Ooh, that's good. That's also good. picks we've done episodes over. Yes. And then don't forget to check out An American Werewolf in London and the Universal Classic The Wolfman. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what say you? Yeah, you already know if Wolf Cop is for you or not based on the title alone. Does that title amuse you? Does the still on Netflix of him doing the Burt Reynolds uh, pose from Cosmo amuse you? No. You don't need to watch Wolf Cop then. Also, fucking be more interesting as a person. Uh, so yeah, if you really like this movie, maybe you should get the Blu-ray, because apparently there are a lot of really fun special features on it, a, a full-length Unleash the Wolf making of documentary, a gag reel, it's apparently very funny. Um, so if that's something you're into, maybe you should buy it. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, I like Wolf Cop. I don't like it that much. I don't need to watch it a hundred times, but it is a shitload of fun. Um, and again, they've got an Indiegogo campaign. You can just give them three bucks and they'll let you suggest uh, people that should be in the movie. So again, not for me, uh, as far as ownership-wise. Uh, if the title Wolf Cop interests you, you should watch it. 
I'm not going to put it on the shelf, but I'm definitely not going to throw it in the trash because this movie is too weird to be thrown away. Uh, I give it five exploding penises out of a possible eight. So, Elser, instead, I am going to also recommend An American Werewolf in London because it's amazing. Uh, how have you not seen this movie by now? Uh, it's also about a werewolf. It's also really funny on top of being really kind of... Uh, actually, Wolf Cop's not scary at all. But American Werewolf in London is at, at times. Uh, and it's also kind of sad and heartbreaking, but also hilarious and violent and full of amazing practical effects. So go watch that movie. It's great. Uh, also going to recommend uh, another weird indie uh, horror comedy, and that's a film from New Zealand called Black Sheep. It is about zombie sheep. Mm. That is what the movie's about. Once again... That's not Black Sheep with uh, David Spade and Chris Farley. That's Black Sheep from New Zealand about zombie sheep. That's hilarious. That's a real movie that people made, and it's pretty good. Excellent. I like those picks very much. Mr. Dalton Stewart, Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what say you? Well, um, I, I enjoyed this movie. I have to say I enjoyed it, even though I feel like Zemeckis' Death Becomes Her had maybe more to say. Um, in terms of like conversation, analysis, etc., I enjoyed this watching this movie way more than I did Death Becomes Her, which was last week's pick. Fact that is a fact that is true, and I mean, I I mean the special effects they're they're pretty they're pretty good. So in my book, I would say definitely I'm not going to personally own this film because it's on Netflix and I can watch it anytime I want. I do want to watch that documentary, so if I can, um, I might see if I can talk someone into buying the blu-ray so i can watch that documentary for the low low price of ten dollars they'll send you all the special features as a digital file uh if you contribute to their indiegogo campaign well that's cop two electric Guru coming to a cinema near you soon that's utterly perfect and exactly what i want so i might actually do that i will give this film 14 out of 21 possible um crime solved contest boards um, and that's, yes. yeah, that was a hilarious crime solved one to Tina's four else. I, um, so in terms of what else that you want to watch with this movie, I would recommend hot fuzz because you have, um, the, the fuzz, the fuzz, the delightful twist at the end, um, where who's the good guys, who's the bad guys. Um, all of that, of course. And, you know, that's one of my favorite movies. So I'm always going to tell you to watch that. And then I'd also, in an interesting other pick, um, recommend you watch Jaws. Because to me, I don't know, I felt like they they felt similar in terms of the readings I gave on both of those movies. Okay, in terms yeah. of, like, you know, how the politics of this this town works and how the politics of that town's work works. And, you know, you've got a monster to kill, unfortunately, that monster in our movie Wolf Cop is actually going to be um, coming after you and trying not to be sacrificed to um, demon things. So, yeah, that's that's it for me. Thank you again, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Uh, what I would say in terms of Shelf or Trash, Elsewhere Instead, it is absolutely shelf-worthy. It's a $12 Blu-ray on Amazon right now, and it is that much fun. And those features, I think I want them. 
and it's probably going to make its way to my shelf. So I like this movie a whole lot. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it, is it going to be winning an Oscar anytime soon? No, but I like it much, and it's some of the best special effects I've seen. I love practical effects. It made me think all the warm, fuzzy thoughts I think about David Cronenberg and The Fly, which is one of my other Elsa's, and uh, even uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, and uh, those kinds of films. And so I definitely, definitely recommend you check that out. Check out all the werewolf movies you can. Uh, I want to mention the Howling films, um, since they have not come up at this point. Also, uh, these films are weaker on plot because they take themselves a little bit too seriously, I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, even uh, my one of my favorites, which is the Carnival One Freaks. Uh, I don't remember what was the Howling Five freaks there's I've only lot, seen the first one there's a lot of damn howling movies there are um, yeah but i'm saying watch them all and uh, have a good time with that and all the other um, werewolf recommendations that we've come up with so far have you ever seen stephen king's silver bullet i have it's I like, basically et with a werewolf it's awesome i like it a lot gary Busey's in it being gary fucking Busey. hello pants <laughs> hello pants <laughs> And so I, I like it very, 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 very much. Uh, I, I give it um, 11 and three quarters uh, urinated upon skate punks out of a possible um, 14. I like it a lot. So there you go, dear listener. Now you know uh, what we think and what we suggest, and your syllabus just got a little bit longer. But let's move on to how you can contribute to the conversation um, and tell us what you think about Wolf Cop, what you think about our analysis, other analyses that you would like to offer, and perhaps other else's or instead's that you might suggest via those magical means that we all know as social media. Mr. Arthur Gordon, you know anything about those social media means? Uh, a couple things. You can find us, uh, first and foremost, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash good trash uh, genre cast. You can keep up with us there, uh, interact with the games and comment, uh, interact with us on the games and just different conversations that we have throughout the week. Uh, you can find us on Google+. Plus. Um, reach out to us there in the communities and just talk to us and let us know what you think and enjoy and, and, and hang out and talk to us. And then uh, you can also... Email us, goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. And that's what I got for you this week, Dustin. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, anything else about the social media means? Here come the feathers. We're on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Good Trash Genrecast on Twitter at good underscore trash. Uh, we do have some feedback coming in this week. Um, from the corrections department, uh, Alexandra Bohannon referred to David Tennant as the 12th Doctor. Um, I was too busy kissing girls, so I never got into Doctor Who, but apparently he was the 10th Doctor. Thank you, Brigham Cole. I'm kidding. I just don't care about Doctor Who, and I can't make that point any clearer or any I can't louder. Say I care a lot about that correction. But I, I don't either. Brigham. But no, obviously, the internet cares about these things, and um, thank you, Brigham, um, because we like to be right very much. Moving on. So, a thing that happened on Twitter this week. I mentioned for my own personal Twitter account, that's doll underscore stew, that Wolf Cop is a movie. And that was literally all I said. I said nothing more. I just said, Wolf Cop's a movie. And lo and behold, beautiful things happened because of it. Despite the fact I did not use a hashtag or any other thing, apparently the nice people that run the Wolf Cop Twitter account have their Google alerts set up because I got a response tweet that just said, all caps, FACT, what a world we live in, uh, and then quoted my original tweet. That made me so happy beyond measure. Uh, I immediately retweeted it, both from my personal Twitter account and from the show's Twitter account. Uh, and then Arthur uh, went ahead and said, we're going to tackle Wolf Cop the movie on Good Trash. Would you like to say anything to our listeners, to their their uh, 
Twitter account as a direct message. As no, no, no. As no, as a public tweet. As, as a public tweet. As a public at mention. Wolfcop responded. Just ask yourself. Hashtag wwwd. What would Wolf do? Hashtag drink mall, then drink more. Hashtag life pro tips. <laughs> that was awesome. And then a, then other cool things happened. Uh, Arthur got in contact with the uh, the wolf trash twi- the uh, wolf trash the wolf fitting. cop. Fitting. fitting, fitting. The Wolf Trash Cop Cast. The Wolf Trash Cop yes. Cast. All yes, things wolf, all things cop, all things wolf cop. Uh, and just said, hey, you know, uh, we liked your movie. We're about to do an episode over it on our podcast. Uh, we know you're making another one. Do you want to talk to us sometime? And they said, yeah, we would like to do that sometime. Uh, they're not even in principal photography yet, I believe. I think they're still doing location scouting. Um, but yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, let's get you some screeners. Let's talk about the movie. So that's really fucking cool. Thanks, Wolf Cop. We would love to talk to you guys. Uh, your movie was weird and fun and silly and we liked it. So that's a cool thing that happened on Twitter this week, guys. Uh, the internet's making the world a much smaller place. And I kind of love that. Excellent. Thank you for all that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Of course, you can leave your comments at the uh, Podbean proper site, um, goodtrashhundercast.podbean.com. You can also uh, leave us comments on Stitcher Internet Radio, on iTunes. Uh, those ratings and comments on iTunes, we cannot tell you how valuable they are. We stress this all the time. And uh, we really, really, really appreciate that. And it does help get uh, the good message, the gospel of the good trash out there so that others may, too, see the light. That is Wolf Cop and things like it. And I'm making reference to a tweet that Arthur made uh, regarding Wolf Cop this week as well that made me quite happy. So please, please do that. But enough of this foolishness and talking about how great we are and how well we have conversations with famous people. It's time to play the game. This week's game, dear listener, is um, mythical creatures that we'd like to see doing mundane jobs. Perhaps in a film, perhaps not. That's right. Mythical creatures doing mundane jobs. Perhaps in a film, perhaps not. Brought to you by Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Brought to you by Liquor Donuts. Liquor Donuts. What could be better? Correct. What could indeed. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. And now we move to that gameplay. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what are your picks? Well, um, some fun mythical creatures doing mundane things. The goblins in Harry Potter were bankers. And uh, everyone seems to forget that um, they make steals, apparently, sometimes. Horrible Jewish stereotype bankers. (laughs) God, I wasn't reading into it. Kill my dreams. How can you not? It's totally there. Well, of course it's there. Just choosing not to. Sorry. See it. Am Christopher I being, Columbus, uh, secret anti-Semite. You be the judge. Well, I mean, the source material. J.K. Rowling, <laughs> secret anti-Semite. You oh be my the gosh. judge. Um, and then I'd say that my other entries in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, the Vogons were some of the best bureaucrats and the worst poets um, that had mundane jobs doing both of those things as aliens. And, um, of course... Then you have the Flintstones, and I know dinosaurs aren't necessarily mythical creatures, but they practically <laughs> are. There, there are corners of the internet in which they are. But yeah, I mean, using them as a windshield wiper or as like a plunger. Yeah, or it's a living. It's, eh, it's a living, or the little birdie that you pull to leave the day. Those are pretty mundane jobs. Yeah, that's a fun pick. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what are your picks? I went with 
uh, potential movie pitches that I would like to see. So did I. I'm really excited to hear yours. All right. First, a wild outlaw is gunned down by a Texas marshal. His remaining brothers roll into town to get revenge. They're all centaurs. Nice. I'm so happy. The next one, it's a mystery thriller about an arsonist who is burning down the city. The fire chief is a mummy. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Fire, my only weakness. How did you know? That That is perfect. His second greatest enemy is a nail on the door frame. <laughs> Bless you. Finally, a down-on-his-luck elf has to become a door-to-door salesman. He finds love and redemption as he traverses his new district, the Shire. That's uh, Death of an Elfsman, right? Yes. <laughs> Death of an Elfsman. Wow. With Bilbo. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Billy Loman uh, reference. Yeah. Bilbo Loman? Bilbo Loman. Bilbo Loman, yeah. A always B B C closing. Always be closing. Drop that coffees for dwarves. I I immediately went Glen Gary Glen Ross. I'm sorry. That's perfect. That's that's very very. That's death of a fucking salesman. For those of you in the know. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon, Mr. Dalton Stewart. What are your picks? All right. So I'm picturing a slice of life, coming of age, story. About a bunch of teens hanging out on the beach, uh, and they're always having to contend with the uh, the crotchety lifeguard who's the kraken. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like very tired, just very put upon. Is like constantly having to pick up kids and like move them back to the shore with his giant tentacles. Um, I also um, I'm picturing kind of like a stand and deliver dangerous minds type uh, teacher in inner city school trying to inspire the youths. The teacher's a minotaur. Uh, and, and he he reaches them through <laughs> athletics because he's also the basketball coach. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, probably got a little comb over. You know, he's balding. He's 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 seen a lot of shit. He was in the war. Um, he's got a horn over. With so he got a horn over. <laughs> the, one, the one with the Trojans. <laughs> yeah, he was in the war with the Trojans. The war with the Trojans. <laughs> Woo! Freudian slip. Uh, the war with the Trojans. He's very old. He's seen some things. He's not going to let these uh, these kids intimidate him. He's going to bring them in, help them understand. Oh, bull man, my bull man. Something, something, uh, a kid dies. My final pick. It's high fidelity. But instead of John Cusack, it's Cthulhu. Or cool, or cool Thulu, if you will. Cool Because he's, you know, the curator of a, of a super hip record store. That's it. What more do you want from me? Aren't you happy? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Um, anytime I can get Arthur to laugh, I know it's been a good day. I'm very happy right now. That's outstanding. Thank you, Arthur, for your generous laughter. And so what I want to see made is, um, you know, one of those um, sweatshop documentary sort of um, artsy kind of films, you know, featuring a unicorn whose only job is to knock the holes in the middle of CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, Come here, Petey. Petey, come here. This is an idea. You got to meet your quota, Peter. Um, Banksy did, did the design for a uh, Simpsons opener, and uh, that was one of the things down in the Labyrinth Dungeon. The the sad tragedy of it all is, you know, his job's almost obsolete, so, like, he's really torn about not having to work in these terrible conditions anymore, but also being out of a job. Right. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's uh, got that up in the air. 
kind of thing going yeah. forward. Yes. Well, the real tragedy is, you know, if, if the unicorn can't make money punching holes in CDs, there's a good chance that his family will sell him into uh, slavery. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. My next film is a Jim Jarmusch film. Oh, um, fuck you. A, 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 sort of a version of Coffee and Cigarettes meets um, Only Lovers Left Alive. Go but on. It's all set in a 24-hour laundromat um, staffed by a vampire. And... Uh, <laughs> And the and, and the conversations as he learns the meaning of love and life, and laundry and laundry, <laughs> love life and laundry. Actually, that is the poster. Right love there. life laundry. Love life. That, laundry. Is that the title of the movie? Uh, no, yes. It's a little on the nose for Jarmusch. <laughs> maybe maybe so. So we'll, we'll starring go. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens after he gets hijacked by the producers. So, well, there you go, dear listener. Um, those are our selections for Mythical Creatures um, uh, doing mundane and silly sort of jobs. Uh, we'd love to hear some of your ideas and suggestions uh, and whatnot. Find me some sort of story that is going to be involving the Chubacabra. Go. And uh, that's what I want to see happen. And uh, so there's your assignment, dear listener. Don't go. Don't, don't, don't. This is for them. This is not for you. I see your face. It's not stop. It's it's not for you. It's for them. Stop. The wheels were turning already. I'm sorry. <laughs> Turn them on Twitter, and then maybe people will find it later. I'm already done. All right. I so. silenced myself. <laughs> so, dear listener, by all means, do that. Let's conclude the show as we always do, though, with what's got us fired up this week in pop culture. That's right, dear listener. We are going to talk about the things in pop culture that make us happy, that make us sad, that make us angry, whatever we happen to be fired up about at this point in time. This week, I ask you first, Miss Alexandra Bohannon, are you fired up? I am fired up. Um, um, nerds will know that E3 is happening. E3 being the biggest video game conference extravaganza that you can possibly imagine. Um, I haven't been following along too closely, but they have been streaming the press releases on Twitch. Um, the, basically, the biggest thing right now is uh, the Fallout 4 is coming out oh. and the actual Pip-Boy. Oh. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, mostly what um, my Twitter feed has been consisting of. And then also in um, personal game news, uh, Dota's got some really cool stuff. Justin Roiland is finally got his announcer pack worked out. So you can have Rick and Morty commentating on your game. That's, nice. so, that's so awesome. Yes, it is. I don't it give is. a shit about Dota, but I do really like Rick and Morty. So yes. That so, makes me happy. Yeah, and you can have a... Um, it also includes a Me6 uh, in-game character option you can have. Hi, I'm Mr. Me6. <laughs> yep, pretty much, which is great. You guys need to watch Rick and Morty. I don't so know why good. you haven't gotten on that. It's gonna. There's gonna be. Oh, that's another thing. Is Rick and Morty is coming back? Yeah, the second uh, season soon. is getting ready to start. I yeah. think in a July. Yeah, very I mean, very soon. soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Right. The whole thing is streaming on Hulu right now. I know it's it's so worth it. Um. Anyway, uh, that's basically the the thick and thin of my fired upness. Well, thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohan and Mr. Dalton Stewart. Are you fired up? Oh, I am. Uh, once again. The annual celebration of the world coming together to get kicked in the genitalia by HBO has ended. Game of Thrones has concluded its fifth season, and now I can't look up what happens in the books next and have to actually be depressed for a whole year because I'm a cheater, and I don't read the books because I don't have time for that. But uh, I frequently, if I'm annoyed by a cliffhanger, will ask one of my book reader friends or ask the internet how this plot is going to continue next season, and now I can't do that because uh, they ran out of road. Uh, 
and where they're going, they do need roads because there's two more books slash two more seasons to go. And uh, so, guys, Game of Thrones is so good. Do you like the West Wing? Do you like the Wire? Would you think those two things would be better if they had more dragons and sword fights? You should watch Game of Thrones because that's basically what the show is. Accurate. People Very. get people get all wound up about like trying to sell people on all on all the ice zombies and the dragons and the boobs. Nah. That's no, man. It's all about the crazy political shit. It's it's awesome. House of Cards in the medieval era. Yeah, it's a it's in 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 the in the fantasy realm. It's it's great. I I can't. The ice zombies and the dragons are like barely show up in the first season. It's all about political machinations and wheeling and dealing. And there's a lot of boobs in the first season, yeah. like gratuitous amounts. Sean Bean basically plays uh, President What's His Doodle, except he doesn't have MS. Bartlett, Josiah Bartlett, Josiah Bartlett, the greatest president that we never had. Correct. Uh, God, the West Wing's so good. I need to keep watching that show. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I watched like the first two seasons in a week. Yes, I remember that episode. happened, and then you just stopped talking I just about stopped, it. Well, I just stopped watching it, but God, that show's so good. Um, well, now that Game of Thrones is over, now you have something to do. Now that Game of Thrones is over, I have something to watch. It's going to be True Detective Season 2, which starts this Sunday. Um, oh, my God. Is it really this Sunday? By the time you're listening yep. to this, Game of Thrones... Uh, what? By the time you're listening to this, True Detective Season 2 will... Uh, probably be about to air um i imagine uh either right after or right before you're listening to this podcast um which brings me to the last thing i'm fired up about in pop culture uh guys i'm cheating on you no i don't approve of this i have a mistress um this season for true detective i will be co-hosting a podcast with friend of the show caleb masters uh tentatively titled the cast beyond carcosa um caleb masters does a a little um thing for the website we've got this covered.com um he for the last two seasons has been providing them with a podcast over um game of thrones entitled the cast beyond the wall uh last year he did one called the cast inside the strain with uh, my good friend dustin cell sitting to my left um uh, he's, he's just some fucking old guy okay. um but this year uh he me and caleb have been talking about this literally since true detective season one wrapped um Hey, let's do a True Detective Season 2 like breakdown podcast. So we're going to be doing that. Um, if you can't get enough of my dumb voice, you're going to get to hear more of it on a weekly basis. I will be uh, doing this weekly with Caleb Masters. We'll be the only two central co-hosts. We'll probably have a rotating uh, third or four, third and or fourth seats. Uh, but we're just going to talk about True Detective every week, kind of break open uh, the themes of the episode. I'm going to bring a lot of the type of things I like to bring to this show, uh, to that podcast, which is mostly dick jokes and sociology. Um, so yeah, if you like me for some reason and you like True Detective, which is much more sensible, uh, you can look forward to that. I'll give you more information as it arrives. Well, thank you very much. Um, dear listener, do check that out. Um, hopefully we'll put some links to, at least we got this covered, um, so you can find, uh, that um, particular show when it begins to air, probably within a day or two of the drop of the actual episode. So... Yeah, it'll probably be, um, we're shooting for Tuesdays after the episode's airs for the drop. My work with him on the string was happening yeah, within 48 hours, uh, typically as well. So, you know, that's very, very cool. And I uh, hope you enjoy that, dear listener. Mr. Arthur Gordon, are you fired up this week? Uh, a couple of things. I finally caught up with the rest of the world and caught Mad Max Fury Road. Go on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which was edge of the seat. I was so in-your-face intense with some of the best action scenes and a film that is more than deserving of a cinematography award uh, because it is beautifully shot uh, mm-hmm. throughout. Um, it's a lot of fun. It, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it is very, very action-packed and in-your-face and some great vehicular stunts and 
It's just really awesome. I also caught uh, Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy, uh, featuring the greatest turn in acting ever with Jason Statham. Yeah, I've heard he's a lot of fun in that. Who is so fun. He mm. is a blast. Uh, it's... I would I would watch it on repeat just for Jason Statham's scenes because he's so much fun. I got spy on repeat, y'all. <laughs> not constant. Near, that's not nearly as baller as Scarface on repeat. I got to be honest. <laughs> like a, or uh, shorts of like many colors. Midwestern hmm. housewife, the Spring Breakers. My, 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 my father gave me a pair of shorts I of many colors, and then my brothers threw me into a hole. It was very sad. And sold you into slavery. It was very bad for me. That was a very specific reference. <laughs> Uh, the the final thing is uh, this past weekend, Orange is the New Black season three dropped, and I've been uh, immersing myself in that over the last couple of days. I've got one more episode to watch. Holy crap! I've only watched the first two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, how, how is it? Um, honestly, I I feel like the first half of the season's on cruise control, mm-hmm. but it really picks up towards the end. Okay. And there's some really emotional stuff happening, some really good storylines playing out. Um, I like in the earlier season they do some they they do a really good thing of giving us back pictures of all the uh, I, I, the flashbacks characters. are used to such great effect in that show yeah. really and I love uh, the, the third season seems to be doing this so far the second season like further expanded who got flashbacks to, like some of the really minor yeah. characters yeah, yeah. This season seems to be doing a lot of yeah. flashbacks for like guards and other prison uh, administrators yeah. and stuff. We get a lot of Caputo's backstory later in the season. Oh, You're yes. gonna get I love Caputo's Caputo. backstory. Um, but yeah, uh, Boo, we get Boo's backstory, which is really interesting. Very, I saw some really, probably one of the better ones that has generated some really cool. I, this whole season's generated. The Tumblr's in love with Orange is the New Black for good reason, but it's generated a lot of cool memes. Boo's backstory. Yeah. How, I've how had is, a little spoiled for me. How's that chick still in jail? It was only like. Eight months or something, wasn't it? No, it's she got like twenty four months. Oh, did she? Yeah, and okay. the show's pretty like real time. I yeah, mean, they're trying. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of time. Each between. each season pretty much picks up right where the last one left yeah. off. Okay, ten four. But uh, but yes, eventually it's going to be like community. It's like they're still in community college. What is happening? They need to get out of jail. No, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how this one wraps up. They do some really good stuff with Penna Penna. I can't think of Penna Penna Tuxi. Is it Penna Tuxi? Uh, Penna Tuxi. Yeah, I I love her. There's, they do a lot with her in this season. Penna Tuxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, overall, there are a couple of drop storylines. I'm wondering if they'll come back with season mm-hmm. four and pick those up. I'm, but I'm, re- I'm really sad that Jason Biggs isn't on the show anymore. Yeah, I, I like him it, as an actor. I, I enjoyed his character. What's really interesting is it, it has really evolved beyond Piper's story. Yeah, it's very much even in very, the second Piper's season. very minimal in this season uh, until kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But it's mostly about the prison itself, which is really interesting. I think. We, we and lost, I like that. We anyway. lost Porn Stash because he's going to be on uh, that show with Jack Black on HBO. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on The Brink with uh, Tim Robbins and Jack Black. Oh, that's he plays fun. a fighter pilot. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. Um, that's what's got me fired up this week in popular culture. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. I've got a couple things I am fired up about. I am currently reading a novel um, called Night Film. Yeah, okay. You need to lend me that because I went, I sc- scoped it on Amazon after you sent that. I, um, it's yeah. F- my copy's from the library, but um, I can definitely get it to you. And what is fascinating about it, it is a very much a film noir about a scarier version of Stanley Kubrick. Uh, who is like this sort of dark uh, filmmaker and his films are banned and they have like these uh, cultic followers um, of what he does and there's been a murder or perhaps a suicide and we're not sure and a certain reporter's out finding things. But it's also very much an experimental novel. There is an app for the, mo- for the book 
in which uh, there are certain sections of it that have a symbol. If you scan those symbols, you get uh, like pieces of the piano concerto that the 14-year-old girl played. You get extra documents of like a, a film studies course based on the films of this particular filmmaker. You get audio recordings of a psychologist talking about interviews with a character. Dustin, did you write this book? I wish I did. That is so fucking cool. That sounds like something you would do. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely up my alley. I'm, I'm very... That is awesome. So this is a very recent release. It's, it's, it's in the last two years, two or three years. 2013. So that is that's that's how we got to keep people engaged in literature is um, having apps for the this book. There's got to be an app for that. Yeah, and uh, but it's totally worth it, and it is so so good. And what the fuck? They're making Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events as a Netflix series. What? You, you okay? I am sorry. Like, and it, it looks like it's supposed to be animated, and because I'm sorry, I just had a moment because I watched. I read that so much growing up, and the movie was awful. It was a hot, garbagey mess. I um, liked it. You liked, uh, <clears throat> but I didn't read the books. Okay, so well, that, that emotional that, attachment to it. Oh, uh, dude. dude, sorry. Speaking of, I didn't mean to st- stomp no. all over that, but it was at a great time. Hey, you know, well, sometimes you can't contain the fire. Speaking of uh, some Netflix originals that may be up Dustin's alley, why not a writer uh, has signed on to do a what, supernatural eighties themed. Uh, supernatural huh. piece on Netflix. 80s Supernatural uh-huh. thing and Winona Ryder? Yeah. Yes, please. You had me at Winona Ryder. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. I am very, very excited. Netflix, you're so great. God bless you, Netflix. He's Thank you. Do- he, like Netflix's mail. Netflix is doing great things for everybody. C- cinema's mail, it's fair. Oh, It's yeah. a fair criticism. God. Laura Mulvey, read the article. Oh, I did that. Anyway. Dustin, was there anything else you were fired up about this week before we so rudely interrupted you with very exciting news about things that are fun? Hey, it's okay. I don't get really mad when people interrupt me. I'm, you know, I share my time. But um, one of those things um, that I'm fired up about is uh, Stars just greenlit the American God series. Yeah, I saw that. And oh. I'm really, really excited about that. And Brian also, Fuller is going to be one of the showrunners. Which is going to be good. Yeah. Um, also in the world of Neil Gaiman, um, the Sandman movie. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been out and about talking about it. He's going to write, produce, direct, and star as Morpheus, the King of Dreams. And I am, I'm, I'm behind. I'm in this. This is this sounds fantastic. Okay, we we get it, Joe. We get it. You're a triple threat. Calm down. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's Orson Welles now. He is. He is awesome, though. Yes, he is. And so that is something that makes me very, very fired up. Finally, oh well, second to finally, um, the uh, Viggo Morganson uh, film coming out um, called Howha. Um, which is J-A-U-J-A. Um, it's an Argentine film. Uh, it's a period piece. Uh, it is uh, about a uh, soldier's uh, search for his daughter in um, the uh, uh, Patagonia area of Argentina in the 19th century. Vigo's so cool. And it's Vigo. And I read a little write-up about it in Sight and Sound, and it looks fantastic. And I need it. I need it now in my life. So uh, it looks wonderful, and I am very, very excited to see that. Uh, finally, the last thing I'm fired up about is sort of a bummer kind of fire. Um, we um, lost Christopher Lee this last week. Yep. It was really strange. Um, we, we made a, a, a Chris Lee joke, or a, I guess a Lord of the Rings joke, in which we referenced Chris Lee on last week's show, and it was not long after recording we learned that he had passed. And, um, man, what a cool guy. Yeah. 93 years old, still making movies. Such a badass. Never retired. And He's, he, 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 he can't stop. I did a uh, bit of a Dracula retrospective. I saw, um, what, six of the eight. Uh, Dracula films mm-hmm. he made in the 60s to the 70s. Or, well, 58 to the 70s. And uh, just great, great stuff um, there. Um, and uh, just love me some Chris Lee. And, uh, you know, one thing I know is cinema is magic because, um, you know, Dracula always lives. 
and uh, you know Chris Lee is going to live on forever, and we're glad of it, and uh, we wish him and his family all the best. So uh, there you go, dear listener. That's what we are all fired up about this week. Um, what are you fired up about? Let us know via social media. And also, take a look at next week's film, which, um, in which we discover that there are strange things afoot at the Circle K. Oh. As we take a look at Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I'm going to talk like Keanu Reeves so much next week. The entire show. It's going to be great. Bill, Ted, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the both of you. Two epic airheads. Who is Joan of Arc? Noah's wife. We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow, Ted. One time traveling telephone booth. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. What? That book will give you the number of any place you want to go. Let's reach out and touch someone. Who knew history? Two beers, please. Could be such an excellent adventure. Who's here? It's Billy the Kid. Don't worry. I bring you back here as soon as you talk in our report. Socrates philosophizes with him. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> we are in most excellent shape for our report. Excuse me. Do you know where there are any personages of historical significance around here? How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron meat. Excellent. Execute them. Bogus. Keanu Reeves. Those are historical babes. Alex Winter. It's a history report, not a babe report. Napoleon. Ziggy Biggy. Genghis Khan. Sigmund Freud. How's it going, fruit dude? Socrates. And Abraham Lincoln. Audio, dude! You guys are really us. What number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Can I request that you guys come in cosplay as Bill and Ted, even though this is a total audio medium? Uh, no, but I will totally tweet the picture of me doing that at the Medieval Fair this year. Cool. That did happen. That did happen. Not yes. with me. Not with that you. should be the cover photo for <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, dear listeners, so do take a look at that, and just take a look at any good movie, any movie at all, I mean, because it's all good trash, I and mean, all the things are great, even the, when it's a low-budget feature like this, that is absolutely a joke, and it's absolutely fun, but it's interesting to have the conversation, because movies are so much more than just a bucket of popcorn eaten over 90 minutes, and so take a look at that, take a look at anything else, give us feedback, and we'll see you next time. In the streets, half man, half wolf, pure breeze. Patrol the town looking for trouble, man. Stuffing dead bodies in my duffel bag. Slice your face, rip the head off your body. Slam a cold boom, pump your body with the shoddy. Drinking human blood in the sacrifice. Welcome to the city, you want see you in the afterlife. Team wolf, just a man with a taste for blood. Watch the barrel start smoking while you drink my mud. Till you met me, you know what trouble was. Till I filled your jean jacket with a couple slugs. Curse, what is curse? I'm a monster. Pissing on fire, hydrants foaming at the choppers. I hear he menace with a badge and a gun. Don't bother trying to hide, cause there's nowhere you can run from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. cop. Oh damn, Mr. Wolf 
we got a plan. Forget Frankenstein, more like the son of Sam. Soon as that full moon hits, there's no turning back. Everything turns to black, you can kiss my hairy ass. Bruh, how you like it? I've got you now, don't bother trying to fight it. Welcome to my hell, you've all been invited. Once you've been bitten, there's no way you can hide it. Forget wizards and witches, I'll leave you with stitches. Just for a speedy ticket, I'm bitten with a sickness. There's no antidote, I'm alone on this highway. Drifting in the darkness, sparking a new crime wave. So go pray to the priest and drink your holy water. Grab your guns, lock the doors, hide your daughters. You think you got me surrounded? You better get your piece and bullet. And better have a silver bullet. Cause I'm the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. What? <laughs>